Hello, and welcome to episode number four of the National Land Realty Podcast, where we discuss all things land. Our goal here is to inform, educate, and entertain those of you who own land or are interested in the buying and selling of land throughout the United States. My name is Mac Christian, and I am the Chief Marketing Officer here at National Land Realty. I'll be your host for this episode. Today, our topic will be poultry farming, where we will learn about this industry and how the purchasing process works. National Land Realty Land Professional John Allenbaugh has 17 years of experience working specifically with poultry real estate in Mississippi. John grew up around agriculture and earned his master's degree from the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He is involved in the National Association of Realtors, the Mississippi Association of Realtors, Agricultural Industrial Commercial Real Estate, the Mississippi Poultry Association, and the Oak Forest Baptist Church. With almost 20 years of working exclusively with poultry farms, John is an unparalleled expert on the topic. He's put a lot of effort into writing on the topic of poultry farms, and you can read them on our blog at nationalland.com. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. So I'm sitting here today with John Allenbaugh. John is, he lives right outside of Jackson, Mississippi and uh, has been working in real estate for around 17 years, but that is that is not encompass all your experience, right, John? Um, no. Tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get here? Well, I grew up on a row crop farm in Arkansas. We farmed cotton, soybeans. We had a few livestock uh, that we dealt with just outside the backyard. We had a few hogs and a cow or two and even a horse. And we had backyard chickens like, you know, like a lot of people think about. And um, then I spent the first 26 years of my life, of my adult life in ministry. And that's where my uh, master's degree from New Orleans Seminary comes in. And I directed music in Baptist churches full time for 26 years. And then I decided that I wanted to see how things were in the business world. I got into real estate and not long after that, the chicken farm industry sort of piqued my interest and nobody was working in that niche in Mississippi at that time. So I proceeded to immerse myself in that. And that's pretty well how I got to where I am now. So there were no sort of like in-between steps. You went straight from ministry to just deciding to go into poultry, and that is where you stayed. Well, poultry farm sales. Um, okay, yeah, well, that's what I mean. Yes, yeah, it just yeah. in, on, the, on the real estate side, though, but you right. just went straight to that. Right. I still direct music in Baptist churches, but I do it because I love it now. And um, I don't worry too much about the money from that standpoint. I just help where I can. But um, the real estate has been how I've made my main income for the last 17 or so years. That is interesting. I just said so it's interesting because usually you, you find people that, that go into a profession and they kind of like start out very broad and before they kind of dial into a specific niche in any given market and you just kind of like, just had a calling in that one area, right? I guess um, it happened, and and I've I've been I've sold quite a few farms over the years, and I keep up with uh, the people that buy the farms. And um, one of the things that I pride myself on is I try to help folks into farms so that everybody can win. The seller can can get a price that they're happy with. The buyer can get a price that with his 
uh, with his bankers and everybody, he can figure out how to cash flow that business. And um, so far, most everybody that I've put in the chicken business over the last 17 years is still in. There are a few, there's one or two exceptions, but uh, most of them are either still in it or they have decided to retire or whatever. It's, it's, I, I try my best to make, to make it to where everybody can win. Yeah, and, and Mississippi is what their 10th in the country in poultry farms, which is something that I had to Google, you know, before our meeting. And right. I did not realize that it was that large of an industry in Mississippi. It is. And um, it's one of the larger agricultural type uh, activities in Mississippi. Um, for instance, at the I used to live in a town called Forest, Mississippi, which is about 50 miles from where I live now. And there was a, a point that they were processing 4 million birds per week in the city limits of Forest, Mississippi. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Please tell me that Forest, Mississippi was a place that had very few trees. <laughs> no, lots of trees, but it has some, some uh, pasture land and you know the chicken farms. It's uh, it's a big industry for us here in Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, it, and I just want to clarify to to anybody listening because I I always kind of and I repeat it a lot is like I I come at from when I talk to to any of the agents that we talk with just because of your expertise I try to be I intentionally go in as ignorant as possible to yeah. to try to get you to to bring me up to speed and therefore bring any kind of listeners up to speed. Um, so when we're talking a poultry farm, we're not talking a coop in the backyard with eight chickens where you go out there and you, you have eggs and you can make an omelet in the morning and maybe give some to your friends because you have too many eggs. Um, we're talking a, a larger scale than that, right? Oh yes. Much larger thousands of birds in one house. Um, and a breeder farm typically will have two houses, uh, with 10,000 hens or more if there's if the house the specs are changing now where they're building bigger houses and usually there's two of those buildings in a typical breeder farm i have seen as many as six but that's a huge operation for for a local farmer and uh, the, they gather those eggs and out of each house in peak production they'll be bringing in as many as 7500 eggs per day out of each house and and so when we're talking eggs, you're it's it's this is not like for a million omelets, right? This is for no. this is to breed other chickens for the purpose of broiler chickens. The 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 breeder farmer gathers um, fertile eggs, which are then transported to the integrator's hatchery, and they inoculate them. They uh, they hatch them out, and then they take them to broiler farms to be. Um, raised for your dinner table right the, we're not talking about breakfast eggs most of those houses are owned by the by a corporate producer and we call them breaker houses i've, I've never had much to do with that but the breeder houses are for fertile eggs to produce chickens that then go to the farm and are raised out for slaughter so in, in a breeder house this is where again you're you're rearing the eggs that go on to become your dinner um so so in the breeder house how much 
how much emphasis is put on a specific breed of chicken as opposed to is there like a standardized breed that you're usually just raising up for meat or how what's the what's sort of the breeding that goes behind that well the integrators i.e sanderson farms um tyson there's several um they actually they actually provide you with the chickens to uh, produce the eggs mm, so they've already taken care of that side of it that's right and uh, they will pay so much per dozen for you to produce and put those eggs in a cart that a truck comes along uh, about twice a week and picks it up and takes it to the hatchery gotcha. it's all it, listen they've got it all down to a science Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it's very much just, it's be, I think it's probably because of the lifespan of the chicken. You get such a, you can pull a large case study out of just probably a couple of years because there's so many chickens and the lifespan, like, you know, when you're talking about that, it goes from egg and then they're only um, in the, in the broiler, in the broiler uh, farm. Are we, yeah, farm. farm. I want to make sure I use the right term. So it's only a broiler farm for, you said, 39 to maybe 62 days? 36 to uh, 60 or so. 36 to 60, and yeah. So I mean, it, they rotate. It depends on where the integrator is and how many they need. Sometimes they'll pull chickens early from a farm. Sometimes they'll let them go another week. But um, they run everything on a tight schedule to be able to produce and take care of their customers. And their customers are like Chick-fil-A and McDonald's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and Popeyes and all that. They they many times are producing uh, birds that meet the specs of that particular company. How many will fit in a fryer? And that kind of thing. <laughs> you got to you got to make sure that you don't overload the fryer. I get it. I um, guess I don't know. <laughs> so so let's walk through. It's, it can sound daunting, right? When you, you're talking about any given, you know, chicken house is taking up 10,000 chickens. You said 10,000 hens. Um, so in, in that situation, and, and I referred intentionally to the, the backyard, you know, egg raising, as opposed to this when somebody's hearing about a poultry farm. And it sounds daunting, but you do get people that come into the poultry industry that have never had anything to do with, with any kind of poultry before, right? That's I have sold farms to people who are changing uh, career, changing the way they wanted to live, and uh, sort of become their own boss. And and how what's what's that look like? So if you decide to go into poultry, I'm going to go into poultry tomorrow, and I'm going to buy, you know, let's say a broiler a broiler farm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, going into it, what would you tell me as far as you know what's the work like? Well, on a broiler farm, um, you basically get your houses ready to the specs of the integrator, i.e. Sanderson, Tyson, Cook Foods, whoever. And then they bring the baby chicks. And when the baby chicks come, they only take up about a third of the space in that broiler house. So they sort of, they have a little fence that they put halfway or wherever they want. Uh, what they call the brood end, um, and they have the feed in lids, trays, basically, 
and uh, they'll have on the on the feed lines they'll have what they call chick mates, which is a tube they can turn and aim it at that lid, and it brings out the food for the for the baby chicks. And so for the first couple of weeks, you're monitoring that. And as they grow, you take up some food, some uh, feed lids until you get to the point that you open that fence up, let them have the entire house, and then they eat out of the, the automated feeders. So you don't have to do that anymore. And so the first couple of weeks that you have new baby chickens, you're going to spend a lot of time out there in that chicken house uh, and dealing with issues on the farm as they get bigger. Then you go through in the morning, the farmer will go through in the morning and check his equipment, make sure everything's working right. Uh, he will um, pick up dead chickens. You're going to have some mortality. Um, usually it's not a great deal, but there are a few dead chickens every day. Um, you pick those up, make sure everything's running, fix anything that's wrong. And then you've got time that you can do other things that that you want to do or that you need to do for your farm outside of the chicken house. Gotcha. So, uh, and you're feeding, is, is it scratch that you're feeding them or oh, is, no. is there a specialized feed? The company also produces your feed and brings it to you in an 18 wheeler. And, uh, they, they, and they load it into your feed bins. And then your automated system takes that feed out of those feed bins as it's needed and runs it all through that house on a conveyor-like feeder line. And, um, and they've got it all timed out. They, want, they know when those birds are gonna eat, they know how much they need to eat and they feed them accordingly. So, and it's probably the same for the, for the broiler farms, correct? Just to keep yes. it. Yes, well, that is, that is particularly, yes. That's now the, the breeder farms, uh, they're going to keep that flock of, of hens and a few roosters for a year. And then, and then it's time for the house to be cleaned out and the chickens are caught. They're taken and processed. I'm told that those, those chickens that get to live to be the, the oldest are the ones that you find in uh, chicken pot pies and anything that's boiled or or that kind of thing. That's what I'm told. I, I haven't seen the process start to finish. But, you know, after they live a while, they get a little tough. So they have to be tenderized <laughs> and boiled and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yeah, I, I was going to process that. The farmer goes ahead and he cleans out um, all of the litter and the refuse from the farm, washes everything down, gets everything set back up. And the next thing you know, here we come with some more um, hens uh, that are ready. And for the first month or so that you have those hens, you'll get what they call pullet pay. And that means that you're bas they're basically paying you to feed that bird with their feed. But they're, they're, and then after they begin to produce the fertile eggs, that's when you get paid by the dozen. Okay. How, how not gambling too much, but anyway. I was, I was gonna say, how does one even in the first place go out and say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start a poultry farm like, you obviously have to get in contact with one of the companies that that right. will do this. How how does one do that in the first place? Well, basically, if you're buying an if you want to buy an existing farm, there's probably an agreement in place. I'm guessing. 
Yeah, you. Uh, if you want to buy an existing farm, you find the farm that you're interested in that's for sale. And then once you decide that you like that farm, you go to the integrator and ask them for a contract to grow birds in that farm. And then they will go out and, and make a list of updates and repairs that they want done to that farm. And they will tell you if they're interested in working with you, they will, they will tell you, okay, we'll give you a contract to grow birds after you do this, this, and this to the farm. Then we will bring you birds. So you have to get a contract from the, from the producer and financing is a major chore in buying one of these. Most of these um, are gonna be million dollar plus deals and sometimes multi-million dollar deals. So there are banks that specialize in poultry farm lending. You can't make a monthly payment on a poultry farm. You need, <laughs> you need to pay your loan whenever uh, your chickens are gathered or you know when your eggs are gathered, whichever one you're doing. And um, so, so they time it with the cash flow then when, when they're yes. specializing in poultry, they time it with, with when they know that poultry farms get their cash flow. Right. That's interesting. Okay. Um, so the banks set that up on a per flock note. Whenever you get, when, when you, these farmers say selling chickens, they are actually the, the company's chickens already. The company pays them to take care of them and put weight on them. And uh, once, um, once they get to the point that uh, they, they wanted cash, I'm trying to, to come back around. Cash flow <laughs> is the, uh, the biggest concern that the farmer has. The integrator's concerned about the welfare of those chickens. I guess everybody's concerned of the welfare of the chickens, but the banks will set this up to where they, you make a payment when you, when you sell a flock back to the, okay. the integrator. And in most cases, the bank has an agreement with the integrator and the farmer that the integrator will actually send the payment in for the farmer. And then the farmer gets what's left of the check. Okay. So and then he has to pay his electric bill and his gas bill and all that kind of stuff out of that. So a lot of a lot of what the poultry industry has converted to, like you're not you're not even necessarily chicken farming. You're kind of like a chicken nanny in, in a lot well, of cases. <laughs> you kind of like to watch other people's kids. Uh, I don't know about that. I, uh, <laughs> some farmers might find that a bit. Uh, uh, I would never say that out loud. Either, but, uh, it, I mean, that farmer has a lot of responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to undercut any. You know, I'd get I'd get something thrown at me. But I mean, like really, like so, like you're not, you're not like raising. You're not finding chickens. You you form an agreement where they send you the the chickens that you raise, and you kind of buy right. so raise those and get them ready for for consumption and and ship them out. I I just never realized that the poultry industry even worked like that. Just most of my family came from a cattle background. And so like, I saw things from that side. I have complete, I don't have to fake the ignorance with poultry. I'm completely ignorant. Like, <laughs> and I'm probably not doing a great job of explaining it. I tend to. No, it's a fascinating to... job. I'm actually, I'm absolutely fascinated by this. So this is, this is very cool. Um, so, so, and then tell me about, like, we've talked about 
how, how you get a contract, what you look for, how large a chicken house is. Um, you know, a lot of these properties are pre-existing that you work with in particular. Um, and I, I don't even think I want to go into the details of I, if I wanted to buy, you know, open land and build one of these things, all the specs that have to go into it. Cause I'm assuming you have to fit that to a given corporation that has chickens, but let's talk about a little bit about just the work during the day you, you talked about, um, you know, most of the work goes into when you get young chicks in a broiler, in a broiler farm, having to watch and make sure that they get old enough to kind of be self-sufficient. But what about the day-to-day maintenance? Like how, how much shoveling do you do in a given day? Like how much chicken poop are, do you have on the ground at the end of any given day? <laughs> well, they don't do that. Uh, they don't do that the way you probably envision those, the, the litter remains in the houses with the chickens until the chickens are gone and the farmer brings in a machine called a housekeeper. Um, and basically he breaks up what they call the cake, uh, takes the top layer of it out to another building, a litter shed. And many times they sell that to local farmers to put on their pasture land or, you know, it, it's great fertilizer. It'll just about make grass grow on a pavement. But, um, uh, that's what they do with that. And, and then in the process, the, the, uh, ground inside the chicken houses gets pulverized and ready for a new flock. And they, they, they take the cake, basically the cake is the top layer where those <laughs> birds have been. They take Worst it out cake ever, right? <laughs> in the dirt and are the, are the shavings, whatever. And uh, then they bring in another flock and, and repeat the process. They clean those houses out to the ground every few years, every once in a while. Uh, and, and the company helps monitor that. If it gets to be a uh, time that they feel like that stuff all needs to go, then they'll ask you to clean out to the ground. And usually somebody comes in with um, a dozer or other equipment and pulls that stuff out, puts it on 18 wheelers and takes it. Some of it here goes up into the Mississippi Delta and goes on cotton fields. Believe that or not. That's fascinating. So, so really there's, there's a self-sustaining cycle there. Like you have food coming in, you, and, and when I asked the question about, you know, cleaning up on a daily basis, I guess I wasn't thinking about how short of a duration the chicken is actually in there. When you're talking 30 to 60 days, like they're out in two months and you clean it and then you have a new flock right and so and and so the chickens that you raise get shipped off and then you know that becomes everybody's dinner and then the everything down to the poop is is pulled up and then given out as fertilizer like right. there's not a whole lot of and I, and I pictured sort of like again going back to my experience like with cattle and stuff when you look at a dairy the the waste from a dairy piles up and it gets yeah. like some goes to manure and everything but you get a lot of waste but it's not necessarily a ton because a chicken's not a very big one and and then they're using that for fertilizer locally that's just it's really interesting that it's that much of a almost kind of a self-sustaining enterprise i don't know how much litter as we call it a chicken produces in its short lifetime but when you've got 25 or 28,000 chickens in the same house, that's a good bit of it. <laughs> it's probably a bit, huh? In a farm, you'll have, you'll have uh, and many more chickens than you do in a breeder farm. You'll have 
uh, in, you know, 20,000, 20, 25, 28,000, depending on the size bird you're raising, size house you have, and what the integrator wants. I got gotcha. you. And, and so when you're, when you're thinking about, you know, the, the industry in your area, um, you know, is there, is there a lot of kind of families that get into this? Is this usually a family operation? Is this yes. usually a business enterprise where like you have sort of a, uh, a co-op or, or, you know, several investors in this or how, how does that usually work? Well, the companies, the integrators don't particularly, I have this question that comes to me um, weekly almost from somebody that says, hey, I'll invest in one of those and, and hire a manager. Well, the companies don't like that because nobody will take care of your farm the way you will, no matter how much you pay them. And so they would, they like for the farmer to live on the farm with his family and, uh, that way he's there anytime, anytime something comes up, he's there. He has an alarm system in this house. There are sensors. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. That was just my, my calendar went off. I apologize. Okay. For that. Um, they have computers and sensors all through this house. And uh, they have a communicator that will call them that the house will actually call the computer in the house will actually call the farmer and say there's a problem in sector six or there's a problem over here. And the farmer then sometimes at three o'clock in the morning has to get up and go down there and see about that and make sure that, you know, all those birds are getting their feet because that's extremely important uh, that they get fed all the time on a regular schedule. You don't want to stress that bird in any way. You want him to sit there, eat, be happy, poop, and get fat. <laughs> That's what you want. Which is, I, I, I'm sorry, Matt. Let me, let me, yeah, yeah, let, me let me. The it the family farm is what we're talking about here in me, in most of the cases. Investors and hiring managers just really don't work for the reasons I just said. But most of the time. For instance, you take a farmer that has a six house broiler farm. Uh, he's got a full-time job in that broiler farm. His wife or her husband or whoever, I'm talking, you know, we have women that, that, that farm ch these chicken farms, but uh, the other spouse uh, usually has some kind of outside work. You know, for instance, if your wife is a teacher, then you have a steady income there that you know is is there for you all the time and um in most of those jobs you get health insurance and that's a big deal for you know for folks that are self-employed right so now there are some farms out there that husband and wife work together those are larger farms even than what i'm talking about what what, how, what size would that be because you just said 10 houses would support like you know one spouse would work in in that and then the other would would have a job so you're talking that's in the range, according to what you said, around 60,000, 70,000 chickens in, in those situations, because like, you said around 10,000 per house. So well, now we're, we're getting mixed up on different things. The all right, all right. <laughs> the breeder farms, the ones that I've dealt with had 10,000 hens and 1,000 roosters for each house. Okay, so that's, okay. And now that is a full-time job because you're gathering eggs every day. And those birds, 
lay eggs on Christmas Day and on the 4th of July and Thanksgiving. They don't know any different. They're going to lay eggs every day and you're going to, you're what they call running the belts. The, the, the eggs come down on a conveyor belt. You bring them out to you. You may clean them up a little bit, uh, clean them up a little bit, put them in a, uh, a tray and put them in a cooler that, and they sit there until the company comes in a day or two and gets them. That's pretty labor intensive. The broiler farms, on the other hand, you can go walk your houses, pick up your dead, uh, take care of any maintenance issues, and then you can have a little bit of time to go to the coffee shop if you want to. I got you. Know, visit with other farmers and, and that kind of thing. So uh, as far as how many houses, most of the time a six house farm is where you can make a full-time living. There are farms that are larger than that, but in the case you just asked about, I usually say that there's six houses that, that Mr. Farmer farms and then Mrs. Farmer teaches school or is a nurse or whatever she does to make her portion of the money for the, for the family. Gotcha. Or vice versa with, right. you know, the husband working over. Yeah. So in a, in a broiler farm, how many chickens are in a house in a broiler farm? Well, it depends on the size of the house. I get yeah. The size bird that uh, the integrator wants. Um, I've seen some. Uh, most of the time, they're shooting for anywhere from a four-pound bird up to an eight or ten-pound bird. Not many ten-pound ones out there, but you know, because you're getting into the size of a turkey at that point. You say that's a monster chicken. <laughs> yeah, uh, and. Um, one of the things I've seen, and I learned something new every time I talk to a farmer. I mean, I've been doing this this many years, but I, that's part of what I love about what I do. I get to go out and visit with these guys that have this kind of experience, and, and I learn something new just about every time. But um, uh, the birds, once they get to a certain weight, if they get you know way on up there around the 10-pound range, especially in the heat of the summer, uh, they'll have heart attacks and you don't want that. You know, you, you want to try to take care of them and get them out of there before they get so big that, that they can't sustain themselves. Right. And that kind of brings me to a question that's been brewing on my head. And, and, and it's really part of this is a statement, I guess, too, because I feel like the chicken industry is one of those farming, well, poultry industry, sorry, is, is one of those one of those areas in agriculture that sort of gets demonized a little bit when you look at sort of like animal rights and stuff like that. It's, and I think it's because you're working with high quantities because the U S eats a ton of chicken. Um, and, and plus it's, it's kind of combined with the lifespan. They're, they're just not there very long. Um, and sort of what you've said so far is sort of dispelled some of that, like, it's not this corporate enterprise that is just churning out meat. Like these are usually family run operations and they're, they're very much concentrated on the health of the chicken because that's what the integrator needs and wants and, and requires. Right. They, they baby those chickens as much as possible. Um, there's it, no, it's not a cruel thing as far as raising the chicken. They they're in a, in a house safe from all the roving animals you know, the foxes and the hounds and uh, bobcats, um, weasels, uh, skunks, whatever. They, they're they inside a house, they're, they're safe, they don't have to worry about any of that kind of thing. They eat and they drink and that's it. And, and, 
and another thing that I found sort of interesting, and I was hoping to bring that up with you is, is it there's the word is thrown around a lot, like GMO chickens, like genetically modified chickens. And in going through, like, it's not a thing. I, I didn't realize it wasn't a thing. I just always heard the phrasing. Right. And it's, what, but what they're talking about is the fact that there's selective breeding that like you raise your rear chickens that have large, you know, breast meat or, or things. And so it's, it's more of just breeding, you know, that, that they've been able to do that, right. They're not going in and, you know, DNA splicing chickens. I am not aware of anything like that happening. Um, if that, if that were the case, I wouldn't do what I do. Right. Right. Cause, uh, but the, the companies that I'm familiar with around here, um, they are interested in the health and welfare of the chickens and they want it to be good meat when it goes to the table. So um, this is done in a very humane way. Yes. Let's, uh, let's talk about, I wanted to ask you too, and, and there's a lot, just, I have a lot of curiosities about the industry. Yeah. Uh, so, so when people say free range chicken, what's it mean? Uh, well, the only thing I know of is that it's got plenty of room to roam and uh, not in a crowded or a caged atmosphere. Okay. These chickens are not living in cages. They're living in huge barn enclosures that we call chicken houses. Right. And they do have some, some room to roam. So, and, and when they say room to roam, usually like a lot of times, like they're in, they're in the coop or cage or, or, you know, living area and like they can turn around and they have room to walk a, a little bit. Right. But I mean, they're only in there for 30 days or 60 days or. Well, they have a little more room than that. I mean, there's, there are no cages inside those chicken. Oh, houses. oh okay. So it's all open house. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I had a different picture in my head, but that's why I get to ask these goofy questions. Yeah. Then I get to. <laughs> um in, in which and then there's a different differentiation between free range and open range right open range is like they get outside and like i guess i don't know much about that um, okay okay it's just probably not an industry thing it's just put on right. there's so many labels that you see they cut you know people greenwash their labels and try to make themselves look at you know they put different things on there for branding and you don't know what they mean well um I assure you that uh, uh, that this is all done, like I said, in a very humane way. Uh, there's not, I don't know of anybody uh, in the in breeders or broilers or pullet houses, I don't know of anybody that puts them in individual cages and they only have room to turn around. They're right. able to wander throughout this house and, and interact, I guess, as much as they interact with each other. I don't know what I don't, I don't know nothing about chickens talking back and forth to each other. I have some clients that, that uh, I've kept up with over the years that actually talk to their hens. Yeah, yeah. They make them produce better. <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. Well, I'm, sh I'm sure there's like a, I'm sure, you know, with being that a lot of these operations are family run, that, you you know, a lot of times you have a husband and wife working you know, the poultry farm on some level. I mean, the, the chickens are not there very long, but I'm sure that there's a fairly strong affection that they get for the birds or for the crop that they have. Like they, they probably, there, there's probably an attachment there. And I don't mean like that you're attached to the bird itself, but like just to the animal itself. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's your bread and butter. Yeah. 
farmer. And so you want to take care of those chickens and, and, and the chickens will take care of you on payday. Right. Right. Um, so, and you, you mentioned that the, the financing is very different for this, for the banks. What, what specific banks work with this? Well, we have uh, lenders, there are several banks. Um, land banks in most um, areas of the state will lend money on chicken farms. There is a bank uh, that's headquartered out of El Dorado, Arkansas, that's called uh, First Financial. They're, at one point, they made the majority of the loans for chicken farms in the state of Mississippi. They had an office over here in Carthage, and there's another one or two around somewhere in the state. But um, some other banks do this. Bank Plus here in, uh, does it. The main thing is they have to have a poultry division that's set up to be able to loan specifically in the poultry industry because the payment doesn't come in monthly. It comes kind of like my dad was, was a cotton farmer and all of his payments came due in the fall. You know, so it was timed out with that too. Yeah. So, um, and when you, when you have a group, a, a flock of chickens, leave your farm and go to the integrator, they weigh them and grade them and so forth. And they write you a check based on weight and quality and um, uh, you know some other expenses that they take care of, but that's how you get your 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 money. So the the uh, the chickens are very important to that farmer, uh, just like a, ca a cattle farmer loves his cows. You know, a horse farmer loves his horses. You know, a tree farmer loves his trees. I had never seen one hug, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, your timber investors—they're definitely all about the trees, right? Uh, which is, which is, and I bring that up because, you know, anybody listening to this that is already affiliated with agriculture already understands these things. Right. Um, you know, any given animal that somebody works with, they form an affection for, and it's kind of like, like hunters have a strong affection for, for game. And, and it's, it, it kind of, people don't picture that, I guess, from the outside. And I want to explain this to anybody listening from the outside that like when people are working with in a given industry in agriculture, they there's a strong affection that they have for the animals they work with and they and their well-being is always it's it's not like anybody out there that goes out there and celebrates you know the the bad conditions of any given animal and just you know reaps the money like these people love what they're doing and and are raising this they do love it and uh they enjoy the chickens you know as far as uh they go out and get among them every day they walk those houses uh and and they're they're basically kind of like, uh, you know, the old biblical thing about a shepherd. Shepherd loves say that, yeah. his flock. Um, so they only get to keep them for a little while, but, and I don't know about anybody getting emotionally attached to them, but, you know, it's a, mean to, it's a means to an end, and you got to take care of them if they're going to take care of you. Right. That's fascinating. So, uh, how many, you know, you've been in this for 17 years. How many poultry farms have you worked with, sold, helped buyers find? Oh, goodness, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, don't, I, I don't know of a number that I can put on that. I, um, you know, the sales, like I said, are usually million-dollar-plus sales. Um, and so... I don't have to sell many of them in order to make a, a good living, but 
uh, I I can't answer that question. I don't know how many I've sold. So when you when you first decided to go into this, <laughs> into the you know working with poultry real estate, um, did you go in with experience in poultry? Like you mentioned, you grew up no in agriculture, but you didn't mention chickens anywhere in there. So we only had some chickens in the backyard for eggs. Uh-huh. Um, but um, I got into it basically because I did have a farm background and I'm comfortable talking to a farmer and most of them I think are pretty comfortable talking to me and, um, and I respect their farms. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't go from one chicken farm to another without changing my shoes or sanitizing my shoes somehow or another. Usually I spray them down really good with a disinfectant uh, because, you know, we have to be uh, conscious of, uh, of cross contamination on these farms. So a lot of times if I, if I got a customer that wants to see uh, multiple farms, I'll either do those kind of things or I, I buy these plastic boots that, that the uh, uh, service techs use and put those over my feet while we're on some of these farms. And I do that and I, you know, I just, I respect these companies and their efforts to keep the chickens healthy. So it's, it's, that's just one of those things that we do. We make sure, and, and that's unique to a livestock type farm. Chickens are livestock. They're, you know, they, they live and, and they breathe and they can get sick. And if, you know, um, at times the biosecurity on these farms that the bird flues in the air um, or some other uh, virus or, or cold-like symptoms are in the air. You don't want to take that from one farm to another. So, yeah, and, well, sometimes, and sometimes you don't know it's there. Right. Well, I was going to say something like that. Like you're talking about someone's entire livelihood when it, when right. something like that comes along. That's that becomes a very very dangerous thing. That's um, right. What was the learning curve like starting out in this industry? Like, how many mistakes did you make out of the gate? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, I as I told you a while ago, I, I learn something every time I talk to a farmer. Um, and and a farmer talking about them loving their chickens and their livestock. Farmer loves to talk to you about his farm. And um, as long as as he doesn't think you're nosy and gonna go blab stuff to everybody under the sun, he'll talk to you all day about his farm. And I love that because they all have a unique perspective. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it will really, I think that it probably means that you didn't make very many big mistakes because I think if you had, you would have heard about it. <laughs> well, I've never been called down, I'll put it that way. I've never been called on the carpet by one of the companies yet. Yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine with your experience that that's gonna happen anytime soon. Well, I hope not. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I want to, you know, I appreciate your time here today. I want to be able to let you get back out to work and, uh, and do your thing. But, um, t- tell me how would somebody want to, if somebody wanted to work with you, wanted to get into poultry in the Mississippi area, how are they going to reach out to you and who do you work with? I work with national land realty, uh, that same company that's on the, the logos on your hat. <laughs> I, I meant like your, your, your perfect customer. Sorry. Oh, my perfect customer. 
Well, I don't know that there is a perfect customer or a client, um, but they, they find me on the internet. Everybody goes to the internet for everything these days. And usually the next thing is a phone call and sort of feel out the situation. Then the next thing is, you know, are you, uh, uh, are you interested enough to go look at some farms? Um, there are some things that I try to pre-qualify people with these, the banks won't to know that you have something that you can put into the farm. They want a substantial down payment or they want some security interest in other real estate that you may own or that your family owns. Um, and then, uh, uh, they go from there and, uh, go through the process. It usually takes about three months. I don't think I've ever closed a farm deal in less than three months. So it takes the time to like get it all geared up and get all the paper. Well, and, and yeah, and get um, the guarantees in place. Most of these loans are backed by a government guarantee through the farm service agency or the small business administration. And anytime you're dealing with the government, it takes time. <laughs> There's always the red tape there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's such a, it's such a neat topic. I mean, honestly, I, I, I would, really would love to do some more deep dives into some more specific areas. I think this was a great sort of overhead on, you know, what the poultry industry is in Mississippi, how some people get into it, um, those kind of things. Uh, I would love to, to talk more on sort of like even like the financial side taxation or actual logistics or problems that arise. Um, but man, I just appreciate your time. This was absolutely fascinating. Um, and you have a wealth of knowledge on the topic. It's it's very rare to meet somebody who has a niche this specific. So I just, I find the whole thing fascinating, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Glad to do it. I thank you very much and I'll let you carry on with your day. All right. Thank you. Good to talk to you. This concludes episode number four of the National Land Realty Podcast, discussing poultry farms with one of our land professionals, John Allenbaugh, just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. You can learn more about land ownership or the buying and selling of land at nationalland.com. 